I'm Rob Thomas, and welcome to another episode of Club Resort Talks. Today's episode is brought to you by KE Camps. KE Camps provides the highest quality in children's summer camps for country clubs. The unique setup of KE Camps offers children opportunities to experience a variety of dynamic and innovative programs, all customized to the particular needs of the club. KE Camps is dedicated to creating family-friendly and inclusive atmosphere at each of its partner clubs. Uh, they strongly believe this is accomplished by providing a joyful camp experience for each and every camper. Learn more at kecamps.com. Now let me introduce our senior editor, Phil Karen. Phil, what is in the news today? A lot of stuff in the news, Rob, all this week. Lots of stuff to share. Uh, good to talk with you again. The Raven Golf Club out in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, has transformed its course uh, they've put in, actually restored the course's 60 sand bunkers. They revitalized tea complexes. Um, the, the sand bunkers have been kind of reconfigured to be relevant for today's game um, and, and to kind of be in line with the kind of various skill levels of golfers that are out there now in courses. And uh, Ar Arcus Golf's construction division led that project, used the Better Billy Bunker Liner System and a special blend of sand. So... Great to see that. I know our, that's a course that's part of, it's one of Arcus Golf's 13 properties in the greater Phoenix area. So great to see that project happening. Yeah, you know what What struck me most about that? I mean, it sounds fantastic. Sounds like a great product, a project going mm -hmm. on there. But looking at that course, I would not guess that is a desert. I mean, I was, that course is in the desert. It looks lush. Uh, there's trees. You know, it's not like your typical big waste areas with, with uh, cacti everywhere. Uh, beautiful, beautiful golf course, but uh, does not look like it belongs in Arizona, which I, I know I'm pigeonholing Arizona. They had all kinds of topography there, all kinds of golf courses, but not in my mind's eye what I think about when I think of a golf course. True. If you saw a picture of it, yes, and, and asked and didn't tell somebody what state it was in, they might not guess Arizona on the first guess, I'm going to say. Yeah. For yeah, sure. with the mountains, maybe California. I mean, that's close, Yeah, you know, um, but you're know, gorgeous, gorgeous golf course. What else is going on? Also, just I just trying to focus on some projects that had happened recently, uh, kind of going inside the clubhouse uh, in North Carolina. Concert Golf Partners just finished a big project at McGregor Downs Country Club in Cary, North Carolina. It's a multi-year, multi-million dollar capital improvement project. Uh, they put in LED lighting uh, inside a lakeside room. Um, and in the upstairs conference room, kind of give it a more updated look, new carpet and paint added throughout the facility. Um, and I guess too, as I understand it recently, the former fitness center space was transformed in the St. Andrew's room pool bar last August. So now it's a very, as I understand it, a popular gathering spot for member events and special events. So great to see. And of course they have a terrific golf course, uh, down there as well. Good to see that sort of being complemented with the, uh, indoor facilities are offering there too. Yeah. You know, capital improvements uh, aren't sexy. You know, they're not the, mm -hmm. the outwardly visual boom. We got a brand new clubhouse. We have a, you know, state of the art patio. We have all this stuff, but boy, what a difference it makes with the, uh, with lighting and a paint of coat or paint of coat, coat of paint and um, fresh carpet. I mean, I'm sure it just livens up the area and, um, and that, that new gathering spot sounds divine. It does. It sounds excellent. It's definitely going to, I would think, definitely draw in some new members there for sure. The other story I wanted to mention too was something kind of fun. We've talked before about holes in ones 
um, hole-in-ones um, at various clubs. I even talked about my dad getting a hole-in-one many, many years ago. But um, this was a neat story out of Florida. Uh, a gentleman named Ted Crocker. He's 85 years old at the Heritage Ridge Golf Club uh, in Hobie Sound, Florida. Uh, he had a hole-in-one for the second time at that course. He had had a hole-in-one 23 years ago at that same course. But here's the thing that I thought was amazing about it. He actually had the whole, the recent hole in one happened on January 15th. Well, the one from 23 years ago, also January 15th, 2001. So I thought that was remarkable. Not the same hole, but it was on the same course. And it was 23 years to the day uh, after he had made his first hole in one at the same course. Kind of a remarkable achievement for him. Congratulations, old timer. That sounds yes. fantastic. Uh, you and I are still waiting for our first. Yes. Um, so, but we're, neither one of us are, are, are in our eighties or in our sixties when he got his first hole in one. So, uh, you know, we still have time, uh, fingers are crossed, man. That sounds like a great story. I was a fun one to report on. I bet. It was definitely was. It sounds like he had a friend with him. They were watching it. The funny thing from the friend's quote was something about, um, he said he's watching and all of a sudden it hits the pen and he told his friend, he said, Hey, either it went in or it went way over the green. So, uh, Kind of two opposite scenarios happening there. Obviously, great news to see. When they got up there, they saw the ball in the hole. And he had an ace, a second ace in at the same course in 23 years. That's something else. And to have it, I don't know, January 15th, Some I, maybe he needs to somehow play the lottery and have, you know, one and one five in there. And <laughs> seems like those numbers ought to be in there for him on that, I would think. Because January 15th is obviously a, a day that works for him. Well, being from Northeast Ohio, we don't get to play a lot of golf on January 15th historically. Obviously, this guy um, gets to enjoy the fruits of his uh, his Southern living. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, uh, I want to get to our uh, our podcast guest, Santiago Gomez of um, New York. And I asked him specifically, it's Paddle House. So you and I were at, a, we were at a, I think, I can't remember if it was GCSAA or if it was CMAA last year, but the guy pronounced it Padel. And I think a lot of people are P-A-D-E-L, Padel. Uh, he says he, he's from Acapulco, which is where the uh, sport or, originated. Uh, so he knows the whole story. He says Paddle House. Uh, okay. So okay. I'm going with Paddle. That's what we're doing. The uh, The expert says Paddle. I'm going to say Paddle. Paddle House. So okay. he's uh, opened up three and a half locations. He calls it half because he's got an outdoor only uh, location right next to one of the current locations. Um, that's only open obviously in the, uh, warm weather, but, um, so, but they're going to be opening a new one. As a matter of fact, I think it was just announced yesterday, uh, recently, um, mm -hmm. Nashville is going to be the new location. So three in the three and a half in the Brooklyn area going down to Nashville. And he says, maybe within the next year, we're going to be talking five more places opening up across the country. Uh, wow. So we talk a little bit about the origin of the sport, which I didn't know. Uh, mm -hmm. And we talk about his, uh, his clubs and uh, his crystal ball out and what's going to be happening in five, 10 years. So interesting, um, interesting conversation and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you, Phil and the rest of our audience. Sure. So, Hey, let's, let's get to it. Right. Take care, stay well, and have a great day. Hello, welcome back to Club Resort Talks. I'm here with Paddle House founder and CEO, Santiago Gomez. Santiago, welcome to the show. Hi, Rob, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, 
Thank you very much for joining us. And before we get started, uh, can you give us a little origins? Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about paddle. So paddle is a sport that was invented in Mexico in 1969 um, in the town of Acapulco. That's where I, I uh, grew up and that's where I learned to play the sport. The sport was originally invented by a Mexican gentleman that had a house by a cliff next to an ocean and did not have enough space for a tennis court. So he built a smaller version of a tennis court and then he put walls on the sides so the balls wouldn't go into the ocean. Then they realized they could use the walls to also play with them and play the ball off the wall and pass it over to the other side. So what would you say, I mean, is it comparable? It's, it's got origins in tennis, but uh, would you say it's comparable to racquetball as well? Uh, uh, paddle that we see at a lot of the American clubs right now. What, what is the similarity in the sport, playability, uh, equipment, everything? Uh, it has a mixture of everything. It has a mixture of tennis, given the, the racket that we use. It has a very similar size of court to platform tennis. Um, also, the rackets are made of uh, EVA foam, which is similar to what they use at, in, in platform tennis. Uh, and it has some mix of squash because you can also use the walls to hit and pass the ball over. All right. Fantastic. Sounds like uh, we always talk on this podcast about a rising tide lifts all ships. Uh, pickleball has been considered the fastest growing sport in the country. Uh, but now I understand that paddle is uh, maybe the fastest growing globally. Uh, are you seeing a lot of rising interest in your uh, in your locations? So when we opened Paddle House, we opened the first court ever in New York. Um, and obviously that this was almost two years ago. So things have changed a lot since then. Uh, the demand and the players that we have right now is um, exponentially, actually more, much more players than, than when we first opened. And, and yeah, I mean, we're, we're just here and excited to be growing. How did you, uh, you said you'd, you'd grown up in Mexico and that's where you're introduced to the sport. Uh, were you just a, a, a young lad back then or were you, was you, were your family involved in paddle? How did you get involved particularly? I played paddle as a teenager in Mexico. I discovered it through my parents. My parents, um, they have, we have a court in our house in Mexico and I started playing initially just friendly matches. Then I played a few, a few tournaments back in Mexico. That's when I was a teenager. Then I moved to New York uh, to work in finance at some point during my mid-twenties. That's probably 15 years ago. So when I moved to New York, I stopped playing paddle completely because there was nowhere to play. I played a little bit of tennis, but always had a little thing in, in me that wanted to always play, play paddle in the U.S. Um, after my years in the bank, I went over and opened restaurants here in New York. And in 2020, when COVID came and the restaurants were closed by COVID, uh, that's when the idea came to me of uh, maybe I, I should think about doing something else for the restaurants. I talked to my restaurant partners. I sold my shares to them, and I devoted my time and resources to open the first pilot club in New York. So, I mean, that's a big leap. Entrepreneurship is no joke, but obviously you're already into it with the restaurant side of the business. Uh, what Was there any any pause, or did you think, okay, Paddle is going to be just as popular in New York City 
given time as it is in Mexico or as it is in France or Spain uh, over in Europe. Uh, was there any pause or did you just say, hey, let's go, gung-ho? There's a few, a few things. One is during COVID, a lot of the European governments were not allowing people to play team sports. And the only team sport that they were allowing people to do in Sweden, in Spain, Italy, was paddle. So that sort of prompted a global boom of, of the sport. And also during that time in 2020, they had opened a club, the first club in, in, in the U.S. in Miami. And I saw that it was successful. So I thought we could replicate that in New York and that the New York market and people were open to new things. And given that New York has a lot of international uh, population, it was quickly adopted and people enjoyed it. Now, I was first introduced to Paddle House just, I think it was just last week uh, when you opened up, well, you've not opened up your, but I saw a release that you'd opened up a third location in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, can you describe your Paddle House locations, indoor, outdoor, what kind of courts there are, uh, amenities beyond Paddle? In July 2022, we opened the first location. That's in Williamsburg in Brooklyn. It has four indoor courts. It has a steam room, showers, it's a juice bar, multiple uh, lounges and social gathering areas. Um, our second location opened in Domino Park in Brooklyn as well, which is steps away from the first location. It's an outdoor location and we have three courts. Our, I call that our, our half location because it's only open during uh, uh, the summer months. Then our, our second location, uh, our second indoor location opened in Dumbo last summer in July, 2023. And then we just announced our third location also in Brooklyn, in Greenpoint, which will be our largest location, five, five indoor courts, um, steam room, showers, juice bar, and multiple lounges as well. Okay. I think that with, with these locations, we basically cover the demand of paddle in, in all of Brooklyn. So we are now focusing on the out-of-state expansion. And we have managed to sign a location in, in, in the South that we will be announcing later this week. Uh, and then hopefully by the end of this year, we are in construction of six more locations. So I'm not going to get any breaking news here on the uh, podcast. Huh? I, I got to wait for the rest of the people. We're opening in Nashville. Hey, all right, Nashville. We love Nashville. Growing, growing, growing. Uh, I was there not too long ago, and every block has a hotel going up. So uh, fantastic location. Thank you for sharing. I was there last night, and what impressed me about Nashville is that a lot of New York brands, um, hotels, restaurants are sort of moving I also see a huge residential uh, real estate boom there. So I think it's a great city and has a lot of um, potential for paddle. And yeah, we will a lot be the of young, first to mobile people as well. Correct. And we will be the first to market, which is great. Well, congratulations. Hey, so I want you to get your crystal ball out. Uh, now you talked about hopefully within the next uh, year, you're going to be opening up multiple locations. If you could think five to 10 years down the road, What's on the uh, table for Paddle House? In five years, I think we will be 
close to 50 locations. Um, and during that gap of five to 10 years, we're going to see a lot of things with the sport. I think the sport will reach 30 million people in America, 30 million players. I think we will have, by then, the sport will convert into an Olympic sport. Uh, it's not happening in this Olympics, but most likely for LA or Brisbane um, as an Olympic sport. We are very close to reaching the number of federations needed to classify as an Olympic sport. Um, and I think at that point, the sport will easily be the second most played racket sport in the world. Wow. Wow. Fantastic. That is, uh, I mean, ambitious growth, obviously, but it seems like that's like the sky's the limit for paddle. I think the pace I watch it, I believe it's grown in the past few years. It just shows that it has a lot of potential. You've seen, I've seen it grow in countries that I never expected. China, South Africa, Japan, uh, Middle East, Sweden, all over Europe, all over South America. It seems like the U.S. and Canada are the last two remaining large countries and we're just poor still uh, to grow. Wow, terrific. How can people find, I'll get you on this one, how can people find you uh, on the web, uh, on social media? What, what is your, what's your handle, what's your website, that kind of stuff? Website www.paddle.haus That's P-A-D-E-L dot H-A-U-S Instagram at Battlehouse. All right. Fantastic. Santiago, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you joining us here on, uh, on uh, Club Resort Talks, and we'll talk soon. Thank you, Ron.